Well, hello, you little devils and demons, and welcome back to another episode of Serial Killers and Chill. I am your host, Wait, Tara. So you're telling me that me I don't get to do any pre-banter stuff because the Bambi. last time... <laughs> you're basically banishing me to having no pre-banter because the last... Wow. Yeah, you see that, folks? This is oppression at its best. Oh, we'll see if the we'll see if the podcast comes out on I Tuesday. I did say like indentured special. servant, did I not? Okay. Uh, it'll come out, or I'll kill you. So, Mel, you said you wanted to do the introduction. What do we have then? Yeah, I got the introduction out of the way. So. Well, I'm going to listen to you while watching your kid play Fortnite. What we're doing today, Bamberini? No, we are. uh, We're doing a follow-up on the oh-so ever requested and the itch that Tara has been trying to scratch for the last five to seven years. We are talking about the leader of the Church of Satan, a gentleman whose name I completely (laughs) forgot. (laughs) <laughs> Anton LaVey uh, so not long ago we spoke about Satanism and I swore I would return to the subject with a discussion focusing specifically on the founder Mr. of modern day Satanism let's do this and that's what I'm doing <laughs> so uh mr anton levey born howard stanton wait LeVay, wait wait no uh, no in what? 1930 chicago illinois to a uk bro yeah bro, in the 1930s you old, you old he was homie. born in 1930 and passed away in 1997 well if you recall from our last episode, the church itself didn't get started until Bro's the 60s. killing it. I'm, so by that time... I'm 33. Levin I should be slaying it. I should, I should already have a church started. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I yeah. don't get the joke. Uh, Culver's. We, we call that Culver's. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't. (laughs) Whoosh. Okay. So anyway, he was born to a Ukrainian and Georgian uh, immigrants who eventually migrated to San Francisco down in the Bay Area where LaVey spent most of his early childhood. Um... From his Eastern European grandmother, LeVay learned uh, the superstitions that are still in that part of the world. These tales kind of, I guess you could say, whetted his appetite for the unusual and startling, which led him to become absorbed in the classic dark literature such as Dracula and Frankenstein. Um, He also became a very avid reader of pulp magazines, which... um, first published tales now deemed classics of the horror and sci-fi genres. 
more more interesting to him than the available occult literature, which he dis- he dismissed it as being little more than you know sanctimonious white magic, where books of applied obscure knowledge such as Dr. William Wesley's Wesley Cook's practical what is it practical lessons so that, in like hypnotism the, the cold readings and, and stuff like that for, like, where, where they would do like the cold readings and so they like oh I just, uh, somebody had some stuff with a person that started with m some major torture and they're like yeah my cousin mary and then, oh it was a bad thing so like that the the cold that kind of nonsense no no okay yeah sorry no but like he he no. he, he took he took Hypnotism. a look at all that stuff just like people take a look at all you know that <laughs> stuff it's just it's it's a, a, a failed a failed science i guess yeah, yeah. like basically yeah but he also he also did read the manuals for handwriting analysis. So by looking at the way somebody, you know, signs their name, how large is it? How small is it? Is it, you know, very loopy or is it extremely straight and rigid? You can tell by looking at somebody's handwriting what type of personality they have. A cold reading is something entirely different. Well, no, I know you I'm not um, cold I, readings I, I, yeah, like I I know are, the difference. I was just saying that uh, they they like he it, it sounded like he was taking a look at the cold readings and was basically like ah oh, fooey science like it's it's just yeah no okay disregard that well no no he saw he saw that occult literature that or at least the more avidly available, he viewed that that available occult literature as basically just being sanctimonious. It, it, it was nothing <sighs> of... Um, okay, all right, that, that, that's better. Sorry. Uh, I, I gotta apologize to everybody. Value. For some reason, I, I went to bed at 3 a.m. and woke up at 7.45 this morning. And I, I pulled a nice long shift at the uh, at the cheese factory, so I apologize if everything is incorrect. You might get some cheesy jokes out of him. <laughs> so among all that, being an avid reader and so forth, um, <clears throat> LeVay was also an <laughs> avid musician taking particular enjoyment in the keyboard and the organ. Um, his parents encouraged the hell out of this, but it wasn't quite enough. And he would eventually drop out of school and, according to LeVay, would run away to join the circus, acting as a, a, a roustabout and a cage boy in an act featuring large cats. Unfortunately, there's no factual proof of these claims. Like, people have sifted into it. There is no proof of these claims. But then again, you know, it was yeah, the 1930s. So it, it may have just been Not exactly say. like everybody was on the books. Um, yeah. Well, it was, according to LeVay and his biography, it's here that he kind of started to 
question organized Christian-based religions. Um, this is because he had seen many a churchgoer attend the body, you know, Saturday night shows, which is uh, like humorously indecent acts dealing with very sexual matters, and then turn around and go to church the next day. So this left him with very cynical so basically, views. Of he'd those see people hang out at the strip club all night you out, see in you know, religions. making it rain, you know, ones and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, you need to be a good Christian boy." And da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, in what was it, 1948? Levey began working as a musician for bars and lounges, and eventually burlesque houses. Um, I've actually been in a couple burlesque homes or burlesque uh, that, 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 that burlesque clubs. I can't talk tonight. I'm too damn tired. Um, I am perpetually freaking exhausted. But I've been to a few of them, and a lot of people seem to think that it's like a strip club. It's not. I mean, yeah, okay, it's very over-sexualized, but it's more like a very tame strip tease. It's it's not. It's not like a titty bar. It, it, it's nothing like a strip club. Um, he had made claims that during this time, he had an affair with the oh-so-tantalizing Miss Marilyn Monroe and uh, claimed that she was a dancer at the Mayan Theater. Well, this, like many of his other claims, would prove to be false, as those who knew her well, along with the manager, Paul Valentine, all attested she had never worked as a burlesque dancer there or anywhere else. Valentine even went so far as to say that the Mayan Theater had never even been used for burlesque. So there are step into it and he 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 really seems to have over exaggerated mm -hmm. his uh his existence. So he um so he, I he, he kind of sounds like he's taking the, the behind that would be, he's though. taking the steps of becoming a showman like it, it really it really sounds like that's what his ultimate end goal yeah. is is becoming a showman um and he's really he's really trying to ham things up and and you know drum up uh like oh i i worked with you know i had an affair with marilyn monroe well, look at what i can do this to bit to bit to bit he's really kind of building himself up to for notoriety so that way when he does or if he does do something he'll have that notoriety i guess is what you're looking for yeah pretty much um i think a lot of it like when i was when i was reading through little snippets um, people who knew LaVey very well, they mm -hmm. referred to him as being deeply charismatic. Just, you know, it, it, it was like people were drawn to him. You know, like he was just this giant magnet and people were drawn to that. And I think a lot of that has to do with he was a good storyteller. I mean, he did write several books. I mean, granted... It was the Satanic Bible and such, but he was a writer. So that says to me, so, that's a very vivid imagination. Since he's, 
he's got yeah, that yeah he's since... got the imagination he's got the he, uh... he's got the creativity he's got the mind to just kind of expand something and then now on top of it he's taking that creative stance of actually writing and everything else like that well yeah and add mm-hmm. to it as a child very avid reader and as a heavy reader myself I can say that is definitely something when it comes down to other forms of artwork. Having been a heavy reader, I feel I have a bit more imagination expansion. I, I believe I believe readers definitely can see and view writing their own stories in a way that most people who don't read frequently could not achieve. Um, According to his biography, he returned to San Francisco, and in 1950, he married then 15-year-old Carol Lansing, um, who two years later would give him his first of three children. I, I get that. I get that. But it still doesn't mean that... My 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 mommy vibe can't go off, you know, and it it kind of it leads me. And I know you said think of the time, but it just it leads me to think, you know, I at fifteen, did you know what boy. the hell was going on? Because I sure as shit didn't. I mean, that's yeah, that's a grown ass man taking advantage of a very gullible, very naive, and quite stupid child. And, I I don't know. Uh, but she would provide him with his first of three children. Um, in order to avoid the Korean War, he studied criminal justice at the San Francisco Police Department. Now, Bambi, could you please, for the love of everything fucking holy on this planet, explain to me how the hell did that aid him in avoiding the Korean War? That were essential, most likely. They probably needed lawyers. They, I mean, whenever you, whenever you, um, uh, are a draft dodger, essentially, there's you have to be working or you have to be doing something that benefits not only society but the war effort as well too, because you are taking over for a specific due to your task. So, like, if you were a cop, there is. You know, I, I think you still could get drafted as a policeman, but there was less likely of a chance because you were providing that civil service. And in becoming a lawyer, it, it was probably the fact that they didn't have that many attorneys or they didn't oh. have that many lawyers. Fair enough. Thank you. Thank you. Because I'm sitting there like, how the hell did that help at all? And I figured, you know, you with prior law enforcement, you know, knowledge might actually be able to provide me with a, you know, cliff note answer. This Thank episode you. is brought to you by Dr. Thunder. And cliff bars. Um. <laughs> we are not officially sponsored by them. Please don't, <clears throat> please don't hit them okay. up. Okay. All right, so he's studying so. law in the police department. That's a great place to learn it. Well, during this time with the uh, San Francisco Police Department, he dabbled as a psychic investigator. Uh, 
which later biographers would discover that there's, yet again, no record of LaVey having ever worked for the Phenomenal. police department Dude's at all. Phenomenal. a habitual liar. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of seeming. Yeah. Married only a brief 10 <laughs> years. LaVey and his young bride divorced. No, a brief 10 what? years. Sorry, that's just... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but 10 years flies fast. Very, very fast. And I would assume that when when you're with that person that you, you are expecting to spend your entire existence with, like, you know, the first face you see in the morning, the last one at night, the final one you'll see before you leave this plane of existence and go wherever the fuck you go, 10 years would be a blip on the radar. Now it's those motherfuckers who have been together 60 years that I got to go, what the fuck? <clears throat> um, not long after his divorce, he became enamored with a, uh, a, Diane, a Diane, I'm so going to say this wrong, Hegarty, H-E-G-A-R-T-Y. Hegarty, I'd say Hegarty. I don't know. Who... Okay. Well, she would maintain being his partner for an astounding 24 years. Why is it so years. astounding? In this time... I'm sorry. <laughs> 24 years okay. to me is astounding. How, how, is, how is 24 years of marriage well, it, not it astounding was... to you? Well, no, she... She wasn't married to him. She was his partner. Mm. They never legally married. Well, it was, it was just the way that you said uh, them. Uh, it, it was astounding. An astounding twenty-four years is like, why is that so astounding? Like I was like, what? Like what's the significance? But I'm always jumping ahead with the questions. Let's dive deep into it and find the astounding facts. So in this time frame, she bore him his second daughter. Um, upon their split, she sued LaVey for palimony, which is a form of alimony granted to um, uh, unmarried couples. Did you call it palimony? Palimony. P-A-L-I-M-O-N-Y. Palimony. <laughs> it is a form of alimony granted to unmarried couples. No, I just, I, I heard palimony... And I'm sure that there are quite a few listeners out there who are thinking the exact same thing that I'm thinking. Alimony that you paid your pal. <laughs> oh, my so. God. Oh, it's PayPal oh for my the God, divorce. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's continue. No, no, that's fantastic. That That's fantastic. I told y'all we'd get some cheesy fucking The jokes. look on your face was priceless, <laughs> where you're like, where in the hell is Bambi going with this? And then I dropped the cheesy on you, and you're like, yeah, no, that's that's him. All right. I'm so, it's just, when you said palimony, I was like, I I had to have heard her so, incorrect. There's, like, pa, it's palimony, like, it just, it sounds like, <laughs> it sounds so off-brand. It's just like, there's no way, there's no way that's real. <laughs> and I was wrong. <laughs> It is real. <laughs> I'm going to sue Alex for wrong. palimony. All right, let's do this. 
So, this is about the time that mm -hmm. Church of Satan's coming along. Anton became kind of a, a local celebrity in the San Francisco area through his uh, paranormal research and live performances as an organist, including uh, playing the uh, Wurlitzer at the Lost Weekend Cocktail Lounge. He was also a publicly noticeable figure. And, and I mean, if you've seen a picture of this man, there is no way you could miss him. Like, I mean, you can't. He he really does have a very, uh, not so much creepy. I mean, he really doesn't have a creep factor, but he has that, he has that, that dark look about him. That ability I, I to stand to out in the crowd it. where if you look at a crowd of 10 people, he draws your attention. He, he has that ability to kind of go, here I am. He was the 1960s goth kid. Um, another thing that made him a, a big noticeable figure, he drove a coroner's van and walked his pet black leopard named Zoltan. It's not original. Yeah. A coroner's van. You know, I always wanted a hearse, but I never once thought of getting a coroner's van. Do you know how many people you could cram in that for a fucking five-finger death punch concert? <laughs> you don't even need a fucking hotel. <laughs> Just stay in I've, the van. <laughs> Trust me, no I've one's going to I've slept with in it. the back of my mommy <laughs> minivan when I had a Chrysler Town and Country, and I will say it was not worth it. Yeah, that's, oh, the, that's one that the one that fire. caught fire, I took right? a... Uh, I took a. I I shouldn't have taken this trip, but I took a very ill-advised trip out to New Mexico, and uh, instead of getting some camping equipment, I set up a cot in the back of my mommy minivan, and uh, let's just say that, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna do that again. Oh, I don't know. I had a, uh, I had a Dodge Caravan for a somewhat brief amount of time, and I gotta say. <laughs> that thing was a piece well, of shit <laughs> but i had passed out in the back seats a couple of times when uh when i got locked out of the house because i decided oh i'm gonna sneak out because you know <laughs> i'm badass and it wasn't too uncomfortable it, it wasn't really bad at all but i think uh i think a lot of it is is dodge is very um generous with their seat sizes especially in their trucks which i can yeah, dodge to does well. dodge makes a lot of nice <laughs> nice big old bucket seats i don't know just oh yeah well yeah well you've been in my truck you you yeah, know I'd... it's spacey granted you wouldn't let go i of the was oh not shit holding handle. onto the oh shit handle for reasons what you think i was holding on to it because it's fun i that's how i ride in trucks you white-knuckled mm -hmm. it. Act like I'm driving like I didn't white-knuckle shit, says the woman who had to fishtail at every chance she got. Mm -hmm. I didn't fishtail. Mm -hmm. I just lived mm -hmm. down dirt roads. Mm -hmm. So, anywho, moving forward. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not ashamed. He attracted many San Francisco notables to his parties. Uh, guests included um, Michael Harner, who was an anthropologist 
and wrote the book Way of the Shaman in 1980, which I actually have read that book. We, uh, we were given a choice of what we wanted to read in junior high, and that was just the first thing I grabbed off of the, uh, the shelf. Um, Chester A. Arthur III was a San Francisco astrologer and sexologist and the grandson of U.S. President Chester A. Hmm. Arthur. We had a yeah, he was probably Arthur. one of those random ones that were just like randomly in between. No. Uh, Forrest J. Ackerman, a magazine editor. I mean, the, the names go on and on. Cecil E. Nixon. Um, Kenneth Anger. Or, well, yeah, no, Anger. Was an underground experimental filmmaker merging realism with homoeroticism. Oh. He is, so he... He wrote erotic gay mm. porn. Yeah, yeah, erotic gay porn. Yeah, ooh, bring out the it's, it's just, I love the fancy that so, uh, you know. It's like, oh, I made a milk cheese and Italian bread, dude. You made cheese pizza. Shut up. <laughs> Fuck no! Well, no, don't I'm not. Knock food. I'm not knocking food. food. It's, it's just when people apply those like super fancy names. Like, bro, you made a cheese pizza. Shut up. Just call it a cheese pizza. <laughs> well, LeVay formed a group called the Order of the Trapezoid, which later evolved into the governing body of the Church of Satan. Math. So, math. Well, trapezoid. I just, I, I thought I'd never heard, I've never, I thought I'd never hear uh, the Order of the Trapezoid. Fucking all right, geometry one hundred and one. Yeah, like oh, all right, let's. Oh, okay, let's fucking yeah do that. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it definitely sounds better than or, or order of the hexagon or the octagon. No trapezoid. You know, I the, actually the, the triangle. I actually which, just that watched makes sense. Into the Spider Verse, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse with Miles Morales again last night because I was bored and. Oh. My enemies call me Doctor Octavius, or Doc Doc Ock. It just—it it was really, f- yeah. I, I just—I thought it was kind of cool because Doc Ock is usually a dude, and this time it was a, a chick. But like, I remember because I watched. Uh, there's a there's a guy called on on YouTube that does uh, things called Cinnamon Wins. Cinema Wins, and he talks. You know, he's like everything great about these specific movies, and he has all these interesting counters. And he did, I think he did Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And, you know, like he had pointed out all the um, all the different hexagon or all the octagons and Dr. Octavius. Like if you look at her lights, they're octagons. If you look at her glasses, they're octagons. Like you take a look at everything in the room and you're just like, yeah, oh, it's just right there. Like if you were slightly paying attention, you would have noticed. Yeah, like if you were just slightly paying attention. Easter. So, egg. I just thought that was cool. It's a trap. Uh, whatever. Hi, jury. So, yeah, you can hear my dog scratching in the background. I apologize. So, uh, the Church of Satan represented the first public, highly visible, and long-lasting organization, which propounded the the coherent satanic discourse. Um. This, as you remember from our prior discussion, this is where he began presenting his Friday night lectures on the occult and rituals. Um, A member of the circle suggested that 
he had the basis for a new religion. Uh, according to LaVey himself, on April 30th of 1966, he ritualistically shaved his head, allegedly, in the tradition of ancient executioners, declared the founding of the Church of Satan, and proclaimed 1966 as the year one. Um... Or, or the first, uh, the first year of the age of Satan. It was later demonstrated that LeVay, in fact, shaved his head because he lost a bet and made up the ancient executioner's story after the fact. Dude's all about the storytelling, like that, like, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and again, people who knew him well. They said he could spin a yarn that he was he was very charismatic. But it was also quoted that his followers did not hang to every single word that he said. You know, followers of Satanism are given a, a very wide variety of uh, okay. anonymity. You know, and a lot of free reign. They're they're not super restricted to adhere to adhere um, to beliefs and, and uh, uh, rules and laws and stuff like that. Well, no, because they do still have their rules. They st- they do. They have their set of rules. They have their set of laws, or what I guess could be considered a law, but it's far more liberal. It's uh. From what I've gathered, Satanism is more a form of self-improvement. You know, a lot of people see it as selfishness, but it's basically saying, no, you really need to focus on you. Focus on improving yourself so that other people around you aren't going to be brought down by your, your negativity or be brought down by your presence. You know, lift yourself mm-hmm. up to lift others up. Now that if makes, that complete makes any sense. sense. Um, okay. All right. Good. <laughs> um, LaVey's image has been described as uh, very, uh, again, I've lost my words. Very, very, very. Mephistophilian. Okay, Mephistophilian. May have that's 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 a that's that's a that's a twenty dollar word there, Tara. Yeah, Google that. Go ahead, Google it. Go ahead. M e p h i s t o p h e l i n. Next, we will spell Schwarzenegger. Wicked or fiendish. Hence why my next line consisted of may have inspired by an occult-themed episode of the television show The Wild Wild West titled The Night of the Druid Blood, which originally aired March 25th of 1966, starring Don Rickles as the evil magician and satanic cult leader Osmodeus. 
His persona is virtually virtually identical to that which LeVay adopted a month mm. after that aired. So, yeah, yeah. He, I guess, yeah. <laughs> you got to start somewhere, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so do you, like, you like that word, huh? It's a fancy fucking word that I'll never use. Tell you that much. I mean, you said you got to start somewhere. I know exactly what you're talking about. I started a mohawk two weeks ago, and it's just a tiny little landing strip. It, 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 it's growing. <laughs> it's growing. Ladies, we all know about the tiny landing she's, she's, strip. She's getting there. About a quarter of an inch. <laughs> it is going to be the only time you hear a guy be proud of a quarter of an inch. All right, you know what? Shut your mouth. Let's anti Mr. Levon Bell. Let's come on. Keep talking about the weird goth kid. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll shut my dick trap. All right. So, media attention followed the uh, subsequent satanic wedding ceremony of journalist John Raymond to New York City sociolite Judith Case on February first of nineteen sixty seven. The Los Angeles and San Francisco Times. Uh, were among the newspapers that printed articles dubbing him the Black Pope. So now we know where he uh, he received that that infamous nickname that we had discussed in our prior uh, episode. Okay. Um. What? Hmm? Well, I'm when I you uh, I'm just mm, I'm just kind of curious. Like, what would have brought everybody to just all of a sudden like, oh hey, like there's this wedding that's going on and it's just kind of like was was, is this kind of like that local news story where you know the police are searching after Mm -hmm. he he married a new york city sociolite like high society that's high profile oh yeah so that's gonna okay yeah, yeah yeah that's going to bring in and I'm surprised the New York Times wasn't on that list with San Francisco Chronicle and the the L.A. Times. I'm very surprised New York Times wasn't on that list, or at least the Washington. Did you Post. watch the royal wedding? Um, no, I did not. It's actually quite fancy. I, I yeah, I I did not. Um, I know my grandmother is very big about following the royal family stuff. Uh, the day of. The, the royal weddings, she sat down with her tea and her cakes, and she put her fancy clothes on, had her pretty hat, and she watched it on television. Mm. I personally wouldn't be caught dead. But, hey, that's just it was me. It was interesting. It, it wasn't... It, I, I felt like it was very downplayed. Like, they, they could have gone way, you know, British... That's used the word that used, you know, but they could have gone more socialite with it. But I, I think, uh, I think it was actually pretty well done. Like it, they downplayed a lot of stuff and, you know, it doesn't help that it was kind of like one of the big fucking, you know, things. And you just, it was dope. I liked it. I, I got to watch a couple of minutes of it. I just, I think South Park did it better. <laughs> Gives her a pair of socks. They dip their hands in the pudding and they wipe the pudding off. All right, dude, we cannot seem to get through a single episode without South Park being brought nope. up. Nope. Have you noticed that? We cannot get through a single episode without I will, that. I, I will reference South Park in every single episode that we do have going forward just to keep up the theme. 
I will find a way to work it in there. So, LeVay performs satanic baptisms. Shut up. Including the... I I will not. um, Including the first satanic baptism in history for his three-year-old daughter, Zena. Uh, Dedicating her to Satan and the left-hand path, which garnered worldwide publicity and was originally recorded on the Satanic Mass LP and Satanic Funerals, including one for naval machinist repairman third class, Edward Olson, complete with a chrome-helmeted honor Shut up, it's so And dope. released a record. It's so dope. Yeah. He also released a recorded album entitled The Satanic Mass. Um, I unfortunately... I had I had begun the attempt of hunting this down so I could listen to it because I was I, I, not gonna lie I was very very curious, mm-hmm. but I I got sidetracked and I had to do grown up shit and I had to do mummy shit and yeah, so the album was originally released as a vinyl on Levey's own label, um, Mer- Mergenstrom Mer- Mergenstrom in 1968 and then was re-released june 21st of 1995 on amarillo records um side one of the album that's right kitties oh that's right vinyl had side one and side two you had to flip them yeah you had to flip tape decks too until they made that reverse crap oh that's right oh my god i know oh Oh my god like it's almost like i know stuff <laughs> oh, don't let it go to your head, I right, Bambi? <laughs> so, side one features an audio recording of the baptism of Zena, Levey's <sighs> daughter. Side two features excer- excer- excerpts. Oh my God, I hate that word. Features clips <laughs> from the then unpublished book, The Satanic Bible recited by LeVay over the music of Ludwig von Beethoven, Richard Wagner, and John Philip motherfucking Sousa. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Fuck. Wow. Like. Ugh. Yeah. How's that shit? <laughs> I actually farted. It smells pretty bad, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> you were so vile on every level. I just, I can't, um, Whatever. Uh, A historian of Satanism, Gareth J. Medway, described LeVay as a born showman. Really, Um, we would have never guessed. (laughs) I know, right? Right? Like, we hadn't figured that out already. Um, Anthropologist uh, Jean LaFonte described him as a colorful figure of considerable personal magnetism. Well, like, have you, like, no, because I'm thinking, like, everyone's got that one friend that's just like, yeah, 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 like, they, they, like, like, there's always that one eccentric friend that you always have that, you know, you're just like, well, like, like my buddy, like the dude that I work with, Chris, he has 17 kids. He was a prior male stripper. Uh, the okay. dude, like, 
fuck it. like dude can't work snapchat for to save his life like he is just a, an enigma just an, an amazing enigma <laughs> and you're just like i have to, like every day like any of his lockers behind me and i i work with him a lot because of the the jobs that we do but i just i can't help but be like chris what's up bud like i you know because he's that he's that strong personality that you just love to talk to and love to listen to yeah yeah and i Again, you know, major showman. You can't help but be drawn to people like that. You just can't help it. They're entertaining. They're eccentric. And when you're a very average, very normal person, the strange and unusual is fascinating. Oh, yeah. Um, Midway, the historian for Satanism... Uh, contrasted LaVey from the likes of Jim Jones, David Koresh, and Charles Manson, noting that whereas the latter were the charismatic leaders of apocalyptic communes within the Church of Satan, and I quote, no one hung onto LaVey's every word, and church members were allowed considerable autonomy. There we go. That's the word that you were looking for, autonomy. That's the word, yes, autonomy, not anonymity. Well, a lot of them did still have that anonymity. Um, that that was something when I was sifting back over the uh, the website that we had, you know, so graciously advertised. Um, fame and fortune really didn't seem to come up a whole lot. Like these people, they don't have. A sanctioned out church that they attend religiously, but a bum. That's I think that's what I like. They keep it very low key. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're running around announcing it to the universe. And it all comes back to what I've always said: your religion is your religion. You have it. That's great. Doesn't mean I fucking need to know about it. And it sure as shit means. I don't want to be a part of it, so don't cram it down my throat. I respect that you got it. Respect that I don't have it. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah, they're, they're really... I, I like the church. I I like the church just simply because, as you had stated, it provides them with a lot of anonymity. Autonomy, sorry, not anonymity. Autonomy. But it's autonomy and anonymity, too, because when... Like you guys see those memes about like oh you know like a you know the so and so I haven't told anybody I'm a vegetarian or a vegan in the last five minutes you know I I like (laughs) I I like the people that you know you talk to them and they're like yeah I'm an atheist or yeah I'm you know I'm a I'm I'm a satanist or like I have two kids or you know you would never guess this but I'm gay and you're like bro that's mind blowing you know like I would have never guessed that about you like it's it's you know, I like that they just don't sit there and flaunt the ever-living poop out of it. You know, if you ask them, they'll talk to you about it and they'll explain it to you. But I like the fact that they don't just go, I'm a Satanist, everybody. Yeah, Heed I mean, my and, word. And if you're the sort who is completely comfortable with announcing it, who are you? You, you, have, you have full comfort in knowing you are who you are. And with all the the stigma and the taboo behind it, it's kind of ballsy, too. And I got to respect that. I really do. I got to respect that. Um, His books, The Satanic Bible and The Satanic Rituals, 
have been cited as having an influence far beyond the Church of Satan's membership. In 1995, the religious studies scholar Graham Harvey noted that although the church had no organized presence in Britain, LaVey's writings were widely accessible in British bookshops. 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 So, again, there's no organized presence. They don't have a building they're told they have to go to. You worship where you worship, and you worship how you worship. Nobody is dictating any of your time to pay lip service. And I, I think that's actually, that's, that's, that's actually quite, uh, quite appealing. Because that was one of my major issues with organized religion is being told, well, you have to go to this building. Well, for anybody who has read the Bible, there is a line in there that states, pick up a piece of stone, I am there. Pick up a piece of wood, I am there. I take that as the Bible stating, no matter where you look, God's there. Why should I have to go to a building to find him? Yeah, why do I need to go to this specific location to to have to do this, do this I, I guess you would call it a task, but I, I, I want to go back to the, the, the British thing. Did you want, like, why was it so widely available? I'm, you know, I'm not completely certain as to why his writings were so accessible. Um, it could just be that when it comes to Europe, and it, I, I'm going to sound hilarious when I say this, but Europe is a bit ahead of us on leniencies such as, you know, sexuality, religion, and education, and so on and so on. They're a bit ahead of us on that. Um, here in America, we cling so tightly to our stigmas and that herd mentality. We, we grip to that. We sink our fucking teeth into it. And it's that herd mentality that really, really causes the... Uh, it causes the issues because then you get to that point where you're kind of feeling a little bullied into doing things that frankly you're not comfortable with or you take no enjoyment in such as going to organized church mm-hmm. a lot of us are just kind of bullied into it and told us well that's just the way it is so go yeah i don't think so i think i would much rather go against the grain and say fuck you you know that, if uh, yeah if your God is so forgiving and so loving, it won't matter what building I go to or how often I go. It, it's not going to matter if I go at all. You know, mm-hmm. if if God loves us all, then it really shouldn't matter. I, I haven't killed anyone. I haven't broken any cardinal rules. I do my very best every day to be as good of a person as I can. And my only concern is, can I look myself straight in the face at the end of the day and say I did the best with my day that I could? Well, then God should love me for that, right? I've, I have I went to a, a, a private Catholic school for a number of years when I was younger. And what really broke me was that I think it was like every Thursday or Friday, I had to go to church. Yeah. I, I spent like an hour or two in church for my schooling period. 
And then I remember, I remember lots of weird things, but it, it was just every Thursday or Friday I had to go to church. And then I remembered every Sunday I would go to church and it, like, I was just like, why do I need to go to this stupid place twice a week? Like, this is dumb. Like, I don't need to go to this specific, like, I, like, cause I remember one day I sat down and I prayed by myself and I was like, oh, you could do that in this location by yourself. I don't have to go to this, you know? And like, it was my kind of beginning to kind of go. I don't need to be somewhere to do this thing. And it, it really, and then of course, you know, for anybody who has been a prior Catholic individual, um, and, or anybody that understands, uh, any, anybody rem- that remotely understands Catholicism, it, it, it's, it's a hardcore be there, be square, you know, like you, ha- like, it's just, you have to do X, Y, or Z, or it's just no. And you're like, there's gotta be some like you it just it 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 was so conflicting and so weird it just it it fucked with me and I, I i hate i hate when you have rigid rules like that's why i think the church of satan is so awesome because it's like these are our teachings but you do you like we would appreciate yeah. that yeah we would appreciate that you're here with us but you do you and they're yeah, totally exactly. you're, they're totally cool with it yeah exactly and i gotta say that's very appealing um, pop culture wise, this man was all over the freaking place. Uh, speak imagine. of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a documentary directed by Nick Bogus, speak of the devil, the, uh, canon of Anton LaVey. Uh, another, that, another one by Nick Bogus, also starring LaVey was death scenes. Uh, it's a Mondo film. Uh, the Devil's Reign, directed by Robert F U E S T. How would you say that? Faust. Faust. All right. Um, An American Satan, directed by Aram Garija. Garija. I did. Wow. All right. G A R R I G A. Garage. Garisha, Garisha, probably. Oh, probably one of those um, European And for names. anybody out there who likes American Horror Story, which I am a huge fan, they actually have Anton LaVey, not the LaVey, but somebody acting as him in some of their episodes. I do believe it was from the season Apocalypse. It's all kind of blurring hmm. together because, like, I've I've watched I've I've gorged that that series from start to finish. Well, this last go around, I watched the series backwards. Guess what? It's just as fucking awesome. Only problem is is uh there are some things here and there that kind of they kind of feel a little bit like a Tarantino movie because as you move through some of the seasons start to connect to prior seasons. So I kind of fucked that up by going backwards. But you know what? Fuck it. It was cool. Yeah, you <laughs> probably shouldn't watch things. I what was going on anyway. Probably shouldn't watch things backwards. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, then there's people who shouldn't walk backwards. But very true. That, uh, that right there is what I've got for the time being on Anton LaVey. And I'm going to leave it a little bit open because I do believe 
this is something I'd like to dive into one more time later down the road, just because there is so much information about it. And I really am thoroughly fascinated by the teachings of, of the, uh, the Church of Satan. I am seriously fascinated by it. Like there's um, that much extra stuff? There really is that much to read. There is that much to to absorb and, and to really sit and think about. Um, as I was reading back through the website, it, it seems more like a gathering of, you know, philosophy more than anything, you know, theories. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, it's like a group of like-minded people who simply want nothing more than to improve their knowledge, to improve their social standings or improve their, their, their personal, their personal mental health and well-being. It's, it's really quite intriguing to read up on and I believe later on down the road after I've done a bit more reading and learning I'd like to hit this subject up one final time I'd like to make sure that when we do this we can cover every facet alright alright I mean if there's that much extra information hell yeah let's do a part three I didn't think there could be that much more but I yeah, I didn't either, but there are some things about the teachings that uh, I think might actually make for another very good episode later down the road. Where we talk about the actual teachings themselves? I'd like to go a bit more in depth with the uh, the Satanic Bible, to be honest. Okay. I really would like to. Um, again, there's a lot to read and what I really would like to do is uh, actually just possibly order a copy of it myself and really sit down and sift through it. Because I, if I'm going to do it, I want full understanding or at least my own personal take on it. Uh, yeah, that, that'd probably be a good idea. I mean, you, pr you could probably find an ebook or something like that oh, yeah. uh, with the Church of Satan just to maybe read about. But hell yeah, I think like that... To learn, you know, because, I mean, we started off with just kind of the basics. Then we learned about, you know, Anton LaVey. Then why don't we learn about, you know, the actual teachings themselves? Um, so, I mean, I would say, why don't we reach out to the audience and see what they say? Do they want that part three? Um, yeah, if you guys want to learn about the If you guys want to learn about the actual teachings themselves, especially because a lot of people, a lot of the, you know, the serial killers that we have have been quite deeply connected. I'd say, yeah. I'd yeah, I'd I'd be more than happy to to learn about said teachings, and um, also for the, the those of you that listen to this podcast, Tara, you want to tell them about the the opening we might have here recently, the the opening for a another guest spot. Ah, yes. Um, I have I have been asked a few times. Uh, if we were going to possibly put another guest on the show. And right now, I'm kind of sifting through to find the uh, the best candidate possible. I, I most assuredly would like to find someone who has heavy knowledge into the macabre, somebody who has that same excitement for serial killers and horror. That way, we can ensure 
the uh, the best featured guest we can possibly find. So yeah, if you are a follower of our Facebook page, Serial Killers and Chill, um, please hit us up with a message. Let us know if maybe this is something you'd be interested in learning, hearing about, or even doing. Um, I get I get inbox messages all the time uh, of, about different subjects people would like to hear about or you know telling us how much they liked this episode or maybe even adding new snippets of info that Bambi and I didn't find and I gotta say I absolutely love all the interaction I really appreciate it guys it's it's really cool to see you support us like that yeah so if if you want to be a part of it I, I will tell you that uh, because I am the geekier of the individuals who knows about the technologies um, I'm, oh, don't even give me that, whatever, Tara. Um, I'm getting a voice. Uh, there's, there's some very simple, easy programs that, that I can run to basically help capture your audio. Um, the only thing that I ask is that you be, uh, if you have a decent laptop or a decent phone, like things can work. I mean, Tara's running on a fairly potato computer. If anybody understands that, um, don't so- knock the tater pooter. Yeah, it's it's it, you can run you can run things, but uh, I I'm, you're going to have to have at least two uh, two time slots available. One to work out with me just to make sure uh, you you got the time and you've got the equipment that we can use, so that way we can capture the best things that we need, as well as we want to make sure that you're going to be available for when we decide to do the recording. So if you are interested, you know, drop Tara or drop me a message i'd be more than happy to talk to you she obviously would be more than happy as well too and we might uh pick a lucky winner here in the next couple of episodes so be prepared for that most assuredly all right so for today that is my conclusion on anton levey the founder and father of the church of satan Le'Veon bell strikes again <laughs> so I do, every time you say Anton LaVey, I just think of Le'Veon Bell, the the running back. I don't know why. It just it, it's a dumb how association. Gonna, how the fuck are you going to bring fucking football into the? I don't All know. Right, folks. Whatever. <laughs> Thank you so much once again for joining us and listening to us ramble on. I do hope we taught you something new. If you've got anything that I may have missed, please by all means hit us up. All right, well, I love you guys' faces. You guys have a great rest of your night. Bye-bye.